Thank you for joining us for the Tucson Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Armstrong. This podcast features the messages from the teaching and preaching ministry at our church. Tucson Baptist Church is located in Tucson, Arizona, and we are committed to loving God, growing together, and reaching our community. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit TucsonBaptist.com. We pray that today's message is an encouragement to you. Matthew chapter number four. We're going verse by verse through the book of Matthew and where necessary, phrase by phrase, word by word, and so that we can understand. We have been in now several, several weeks. It's going to take us a while. I don't know that we even get through the book of Matthew in a whole year, but we'll, we're not going to rush it. We're not in a hurry. We have to stop. We'll stop. Pick it up next week. Matthew chapter number four. This morning's message, we are transitioning from the early years of Jesus' life and people who were involved in the life of Jesus to some very direct stories that certainly apply to each one of us and things that, uh, that we can learn from these stories. Today is, the, is our first message when we transition from chapter 3 to chapter 4 where it's a, dr- a direct story about Jesus, but it can be hard-hitting for each one of us. May I just say we are living in a day of relentless temptations by Satan. Would you agree with that? Never before has our adversary had such powerful technology uh, with which to glamorize sin and to be drawn away from, the f- from that fellowship that we're supposed to have with God. It's happening all around us and it, it seems like the devil can sell anything Uh, on television and on the internet and on our iPhones and the devil sells everything up in some sort of temptation or some some form of a sin and when an advertising uh, company now uh, launches an ad to sell a car they're no longer selling a car they're selling power and And they're selling influence and they're selling sex and uh, advertising companies make you believe that if you buy this particular car or you buy this particular uh, uh, toothpaste or you buy this particular shampoo that you will be powerful. You will be someone. You will look different, act different. And and so they're they're selling um, that pride that was certainly Satan's great downfall. Just look at the ads for beer and sports gambling and casino visits. Everyone is, is happy. Everyone is healthy and they're making lots of money. But by the way, you will never ever see a beer company show you the end result of someone who's broken and that they've lost his or her family and they've lost all of their money. The devil is crafty and the devil entices people uh, with the sin of this world and he makes sin look fun. Would you agree? The devil's a master. By the way, if drinking alcohol and getting drunk and, 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 and using drugs, if there wasn't some, some temporary high, some temporary fix, some temporary thing that was fun, he, uh, the devil wouldn't sell it. The devil, he's, he's not selling families like the French family where mom and dad are happy, mom and dad love Jesus, mom and dad want to raise their children. You'll never see the devil sell that advertisement. But what you will see is the devil will sell what we call temptation. And every single 
person alive will face temptation. That means that your pastor, that means that the pastoral staff, that means that the deacons and the growth group teachers and those who work in, in our nurseries and those who work in Kid Planet and those who work with our youth, every single person is going to face temptation. That means you're going to face a temptation. Everyone will be tempted at different times. Will the temptation be the same for everyone? Absolutely not. You see, the devil is crafty, and he knows where you're, where you're weak, and he will tempt you where you are weak. And uh, I'd like to ask you, would you just like a fresh new start this morning? How many of us would just like to get up in the morning and not have the burdens and cares of yesterday? So let's learn in our time together how to deal with temptation. And then after every new temptation, because we are all tempted, how we can experience a, a fresh new start, how we can get over that. Um, I think it's interesting that soft drinks and alcohol and cars can, can uh, no longer be sold without pictures of actors and actresses uh, uh, addressed in provocative manners. Now, how many of you know what I'm talking about? In fact, Shelly and I, we have watched... Uh, we've watched an advertisement, we've looked at each other, and we've said this. What were they selling? What, at the end of that advertisement, what actually were they selling? The devil endeavors. The devil, Satan. By the way, I hate him. We're not supposed to hate, but I hate the devil. Because the Bible said he endeavors to draw away our thoughts and our lives. And he endeavors to help us get involved in actions that would destroy our testimony. The Bible says this, but every person is tempted when they are drawn away of their own lust and they're enticed. And then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth what? Death. Death spiritually. Death physically. The Bible says that every person is tempted when he is enticed. What is temptation? Temptation, it commences, and then it continues, and then it consumes. Unless we have a plan for dealing with it, and I'd like to give you a plan. I'd like for you to understand this passage of Scripture this morning. And you say, well, I, I, I don't need any help understanding sin. If you need help understanding sin, if you want to see uh, a sin, let me just invite you to go to a hospice house and see what sin will do. I invite you to, uh, if you need some help understanding the end of sin, you go to an AA meeting where someone's going to talk about how that alcohol has destroyed them and they've lost their job and they've lost their family, they've lost their Finances, let me just tell you, sin will destroy. But it starts with a temptation. I have your attention. Let me tell you about Donnie. Donnie lived in Richmond, Virginia. I never suspected a thing about him. Uh, uh, I visited his terminal. I was called a regional operation assistant working with Yellow Freight. I traveled around to 46 different uh, terminals during that period of, our, uh, of my trucking business and I would do inspections on terminals and, and see uh, how things were going in management and I would go to Richmond, Virginia and visit this terminal and I, I never suspected, even remotely suspected that Donnie was living a homosexual lifestyle in the trucking business. That would be odd. That would be different because there's mainly men that work in the trucking business. And other than the fact that he was never married, I, I truly, I never suspected a thing. I understand the trucking business for many years has been difficult in relationships due to the number of hours and the cesspool of activity that often accompanies the lifestyles of, of those who work in, in sales. And 
I remember the day I received a call. I was uh, at that time located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and it advised me that Donnie had needed to take a leave of absence for some unknown sickness. And the next time I was up in Richmond, Virginia, uh, Donnie was in the hospital. I stopped to see him, and it was only when I walked into the hospital that I saw this 32-year-old man in the hospital bed, and the realization hit me that he was dying from a disease called AIDS. For several years, Donnie had been living a secret lifestyle that commenced with that act of homosexuality, and it continued in spite of pleas from his mother to help. And it finally consumed his physical body. Once he had contracted AIDS, uh, uh, everybody, everybody ran from him. I, 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 as a layperson, I still love the Lord. We still went to church, and I was still a Christian. Um, I continued to reach out to Donnie and visited him each time I stopped in at the Richmond, Virginia Terminal. And even in spite of no one wanted to see him, I continued to call him on the phone. And I continued to reach out to him because I wanted to see him get saved. And um, just before uh, uh, Donnie died, he actually wrote me a letter. I still have that letter for in it. He told me that he was dying. And here's what he said. I'm dying as a direct result of the choices that I've made in life. And one of the things that Donnie and I did argue about, that he said he was living an alternative lifestyle, and I very boldly told him, no, you're living a sinful lifestyle. And the Bible says that sin has a consequence. And just because uh, you're, you are saved this morning does not mean that your sin will not have some consequence. And regardless of your background or your age, uh, you will face temptation in your life. And, and Donnie faced a temptation in his life and he succumbed to that temptation and boom, the devil had him. And as he lived this terrible lifestyle, he called an alternative lifestyle. The Bible calls a sinful lifestyle. He contracted uh, AIDS and he ultimately died alone with just his mother at his bedside. The devil, he started this back in the book of Genesis in that Bible that sits in your lap. And he has not stopped tempting people since that time. So how can we, how is it even possible that we could live a clean Life. How is it even possible that we could live a life when we don't have the ravages and the stain and stench of sin on our life? How is it possible that we could live a life and, and not give in to the temptations that the devil sends our way? Well, let's see if there was someone that can give us an example, and that's found in Matthew chapter 4. Let me read this as the story, as the way it's written. Follow along there in verse number 1. The Bible says, Then when Jesus was led up of the Spirit, now we know about this time, this way I could commentate on it away as we're reading. Now we know about this time when Jesus was led away, that his, child, his birth there in chapter 1, uh, that lineage, that genealogy that we've already looked at, we've seen him as a child, we've, see, we've seen him that there was a period of time that as a child his parents went up to the temple, they forgot him, left him. Now Jesus is a, 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 around 30-ish. He's in his early 30s, and so he's a grown man. And so now we're entering into his adult life. Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. That is a strange verse. I think it bears some breaking down. We'll look at that verse in just a moment. The Bible says that he fasted some 40 days and 40 nights. And guess what? <laughs> After that, he was a little bit hungry, the Bible says. 
I believe some of you, you're already hungry. You already had breakfast today, and you're already thinking about lunch. For 40 days, Jesus was out in the wilderness. The Bible says he was hungry. Pick up verse number 3. When the tempter came to him, that's the, the evil one, that's the devil, he said, If, now here's a problem. If you mark in your Bible, you ought to just circle that little word. That little word, if. Was Jesus the Son of God? Of course he was, but the devil will always cause you to doubt if you're a Christian, you wouldn't be tempted. If you're a Christian, you wouldn't. And so the devil will always put a question mark where the Bible gives a declarative statement. The Bible says this, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, What's that word again? If, let's put a question mark there, If thou be the Son of God. Now listen, that's a problem. The devil's always going to cause you to doubt. The devil always wants to make you doubt what the, what the Word of God says to be true. If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give uh, His angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands uh, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dice thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written. Now, is that absolute truth? The devil puts a question where the Bible puts it, it it's already settled. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil take them up into an exceeding high mountain, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto them, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Folks, that is what advertising is today. If you will buy this beer, look what's going to happen. You're going to have all kinds of friends and you're going to have happiness, and you're going to have money. If you buy this brand of shampoo, you can have this kind of hair. If you buy this brand of toothpaste, look what's going to happen to you. The devil is always promising you something that he cannot deliver. And he said to them, all these things will I give thee, if thou will just fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, and he said, get away from me. That's what he said. Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God in him. And there's a little word I want you to know, four letters. And him what? Only shalt thou serve. And the devil leaveth him. Behold, the angels came and ministered unto him. Father, in the time that I have, may I carefully, explicitly be able to explain your word that folks will understand this morning how they can get over temptation. Help me, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, let me ask you, how many of you, by, by being honest, say you've ever been tempted to do wrong? Let's all participate. The fact is, every single one of us, we've been tempted to do wrong. So there's not a single person seated here or standing here that can say, I've never been tempted, I've never done wrong, and we can put on our goody-two-shoes, and we can look uh, uh, pious and smug. The fact is, we all need the message this morning. Because it might even be as soon as this service is over, the devil hits you with a temptation. 
And so let's all listen this morning. I'm going to share that usually in a period or stages of temptation, I'm going to call them periods of temptation, there's some things that happen. In this passage of Scripture, I see three things that happen. Period number one, or that stage, we see God's purpose in temptation. God's purpose in temptation. I want you to notice the Bible says in verse number one, a strange thing, the Spirit led him. Therefore, I must conclude that God had a purpose in this temptation. God had a reason to tempt Jesus. Now that's strange. Is Jesus God? Is the Holy Spirit God? And But here's the difference. God is a spirit and Jesus was a physical human being. And uh, this may be new to some of you. Maybe you've never been in church before, but the Bible says there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are one. They are three in one. But each one has a different purpose. And we know that Jesus was the physical manifestation as the Son of God. So he had a body just like every one of us has a body. Now I want you to notice that I really believe when I break this passage down we see that Christ's temptation proved his deity there's some that doubt the deity of Christ today but I want you to know right here in Matthew chapter 4 we have proof of the deity of Christ be reminded the Bible says for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are the Bible says yet without sin. The Bible shows us that Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. He could he could not have fallen because he was our perfect Savior. And uh, the Bible says, even if Hollywood portrays my Lord thinking bad thoughts, even if Hollywood uh, 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 promotes that Jesus lived a homosexual lifestyle, even if Hollywood says that Jesus was married, may I just tell you, I have to accept that that comes from the pit of hell from someone named Satan that doesn't come from the Word of God. I have a perfect Savior, and so Christ's temptation proves uh, His deity. But then I look at this, so what can I learn from this? And I I say, well, we're going to be tempted. So our testing, our temptation is meant, therefore, to strengthen us. And, And there's sometimes we have a hard time understanding that. Why am I tempted? Why am I drawn away? Why does this come into my life? And the Bible says it's going to strengthen us. There's an interesting passage of Scripture found in the book of Romans. You know, the Bible never glosses over the weakness of man. The Bible tells it just the way it is and does not try to make everyone look perfect. Listen to this. The Bible says, For that which I do, I allow not. For what I do, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. Do you realize that this is talking about the Apostle Paul? And even the great Apostle Paul, he had a struggle with his flesh. Is there an Apostle Paul among us this morning? Uh, Is there anyone that we could say has written the majority of the New Testament that we could say, man, that person is super spiritual. I submit to you that that, um, uh, there may be some who are godly, godly saints, but uh, the Apostle Paul certainly was one that we would say is right up there as a human man. And the Bible says he was tempted. In fact, in Romans, verse number 19, it says, Paul wrote, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil that I would not, that I do. In other words, I'm tempted to do wrong, and I'm so tempted to do wrong, I still do wrong, even though I know Jesus. Paul was saying, sometimes I want to do right, but I don't. How many of you agree with that? Sometimes I want to do right, (laughs) and then I just mess it up. The great Apostle Paul said that that was his example. 
Then he goes on to say, he said, just being transparent, he goes, Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ his Lord. You hear me? Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl here today goes the devil's route of temptation and is tempted and is drawn away. And if you're not careful, you will sin and you will, whether it be immorality, whether it be getting drunk, whether it be doing drugs, whether it be uh, lying, whether it be pornography, by the time that sin hath conceived and by the time sin has racked our body and racked our minds, you know what we're going to say? We're going to be on the altar here and we're going to say, oh, wretched man, oh, wretched woman that I am. Because sin will take you always farther than you want to go. Here we see Paul saying, how could I have done that? Paul says, I struggle with that. Who's going to deliver me? Paul writes here, he says, who's going to give me the victory? And he says there in verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. I'm so thankful that temptation, if we're, we allow it, can actually strengthen us to live this Christian life. He'll give you an escape, and he'll give you victory. Here's what I've learned. Temptation is an opportunity to have victory through Christ. Temptation is an opportunity to have victory through Christ. God, he had a purpose in temptation. And uh, then once we understand that there could be a purpose in temptation, we go to that second period of, of temptation. And this is where it gets ugly, folks. I, please, under, please listen to me. Satan has a plan in temptation. Satan's plan in temptation. We need to understand how our adversary works. And just like you scout a team, you need to watch out for this guy. If I use a, if I use a, 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 a basketball analogy, we need to understand how to box out the devil. We need to understand how the, we can have victory over that which the devil's going to do. And if we're going to succeed, then we need to understand a little bit about the devil. We need to understand his methodology. Look with me there in Matthew chapter 4. The Bible says, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. Isn't that human? How many of you have ever been hungry? Here's the thing. Um, I was really hungry last night. I was going home, and, and uh, Shelly said, well, um, we've been gone for a week, and the week before that she was, uh, she was uh, busy uh, uh, getting ready for um, um, anniversary weekend, so we, we, we just, there has been no time to do grocery shopping, and she says, well, I, I guess I could fix you some macaroni and cheese. I said, that's it, I'll have macaroni and cheese. So she fixed me some macaroni and cheese, got through, I was still hungry. I said, do you have any ice cream? I tell you, I'm trying, to, I'm trying not to eat ice cream. But in that moment, I, she could have put ice cream in front of me. I would have eaten it, even though I'm trying to be good. She said, we don't have any ice cream. The fact is, is that we're all hung, we all get physically hungry. And here's, here's what I know about this, is Jesus was human. He physically was hungry, just like we get. Verse 3, and when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God... Here's what I want you to notice, and it's okay to understand this. Satan comes to us in our times of weakness. Satan comes to us when we're weak. 
He knows that, men, someday during our service, Satan's not going to tempt any of us. We're on the pinnacle. But Monday's a good time to come when everybody's tired and worn out. Monday's a good time to come and tempt you. Tuesday or Wednesday when you're just tired and worn out, maybe there's been a couple frustrations at work or within the family, Satan, he could come and tempt you. The Bible says Jesus for 40 days had been out in the wilderness. And like the lust of the flesh, Satan, he's going to wait till you're away from home or church. He'll wait until you're away from the Bible. And even though the Bible says there is pleasure for in sin for a season, um, but there is also remorse for a lifetime if you give in to that temptation. I had an Uncle Junior. His name was Junior Armstrong. Uh, he was um, uh, one of my dad's eight brothers and sisters. Oh, my dad witnessed to him over and over again, but my Uncle Junior was a drunk. My Uncle Junior knew that if he even saw alcohol or smelled alcohol, his, his mouth began to salivate, and it didn't matter. He was going to drink. I saw him drunk so many times growing up. Actually, uh, that's why alcohol is just not even a temptation to me because the Bible says that strong drink is raging and the Bible says that drinking will make a man look foolish. And I had to watch my Uncle Junior. And you know my Uncle Junior, he, he died an alcoholic. You see, sin will wreck your body. He could not walk away from alcohol. Um, now, he didn't have the Lord living with him. We, who are Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living within us, and the Holy Spirit should help us to be able to overcome our weaknesses. But Satan will come to you when you're weak. When, what do I mean weak? You're weak physically. You're weak spiritually. You're weak mentally. You're weak emotionally. You're drained in one of those four areas. And boom, the devil knows I can attack I could come after you. And here's what I see, is that when the devil comes to you in your moment of weakness, Satan questions truth. Satan will always question truth. Satan will rationalize it. Satan will tell you the articles in Playboy are really good. Satan will whisper to you that no one will ever know if you look at that pornography on the Internet. Satan will tell you that, uh, that no one will ever know if you watch pornography on cable. Satan will tell you that, you know what, on your iPhone or your iPad, no one's really going to know. Uh, the devil will tell you it's okay to let loose every once in a while. You deserve it. Uh, Satan will question that which is true. Let me just tell you something. I don't care if you get upset or not. There's a new Hollywood movie coming out called Barbie. And Christians are going to be tempted to go to it. And you know what? Um, here, here's the fact. Satan's going to, in that movie, he questions men. That men are always wimpy and men are useless. And, 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 and the devil is promoting his brand of hatred for the godly home. And by the way, there'll be parents that want to take their little girls to go see Barbie, and they use all kinds of vile language in that movie. I'm going to say to any parent, any parent um, as a part of our church that takes your family to go see Barbie, you're inviting the devil to tempt your family. Man, I didn't expect any, no amens, but that's okay. I'm going to speak the truth whether you like it or not. The 
The new movie is ungodly, it's unho- it, it is unholy, and Christians should not be going to watch it. The, 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 the devil is going to tempt, he's going to put wrong uh, uh, choices in your pathway, and then he's going to rationalize it. Notice what the devil asks here. If thou really be the Son of God, my friend, let me just tell you something. He will always be the Son of God. The devil can question it. The devil can try to undermine it. But my friend, he will always be the Son of God. He will try to get you to question whether it's really true. He, he will equate the pride of life that you know what? You're smarter than the Bible, my friend. No one here is smarter than the Bible. Satan whispers, is it really true? <laughs> is it the Bible man's opinion? Isn't the preacher there, isn't he, he's not really speaking on behalf of God. Uh, that's, he's just sharing his opinion up there. So if you don't believe it, you don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to listen to it. The devil would say this, always questioning, are you really saved? If you were really saved, you wouldn't have that thought. If you were really saved, you wouldn't have done that action. If you were really saved, you wouldn't have looked at that. You see, he's going to always play into your pride that believe in yourself. It's only about you. Satan even did this to Eve. Do you remember what happened in Genesis, the very first book of the Bible? He says, yeah, half God said, in other words, questioning. Um, by the way, may I just say, if it was sin 50 years ago, it's still sin today. Um, the Bible says that if two people live together, uh, both morally and, and most certainly spiritually, um, um, and they get married, that the Bible says, guess what? The marriage bed is undefiled. In other words, that to live together married is God's plan. But today, listen, it's socially acceptable if you check it out. Live together for a little while just to make sure you're compatible. Live together and, 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 and just live however you want to to see if it works out. May I tell you, is that an affront to the Word of God? It is. It surely is. Um, the Bible causes and it has caused an entire generation to question truth, and yet the Bible's very crystal clear that living together in an unholy, non-marriage situation, you know what the Bible says? It's sin. The devil's business is to question God. That's what the devil's all about, to question God, and he does that through your mind, and he wants you to question God. He wants you to question the validity of God. He wants you to question truth, and never forget this. You say, I got the victory today, and I say, praise the Lord, you got the victory, but Satan constantly fights. You get the victory one day, he's coming back tomorrow. Satan, he constantly fights and if he thinks that he can devour you he's going to he's relentless and you may get victory on one business trip but he's going to attack you men or women on the next business trip you may have victory on the computer one week but he's going to fight you and he's going to fight you whenever you are weak and satan is going to fight you at your weakest point and he'll fight you in your decision to read god's word every day satan constantly fights he never gets tired of fighting you know what we do we get tired of fighting we put up our hands and say I surrender I just it's okay I'm just going to give in this one time 
You remember the story of Samson, Delilah? Oh, Satan, Samson was strong when Satan kept trying to, uh, to question and Satan kept trying to defeat Samson. Samson was strong at first, but you see, the devil is stronger. And he was relentless. And he continued to question. And we know that Samson was infatuated with Delilah's beauty. And she kept going after him and after him and after him. And they were living in, in a uh, fornicating relationship. And we know that after the third time of just begging him, he finally relented to his request. He went to sleep. He woke up a Marine. Only he woke up a Marine without any strength. And the fact of the matter is, is that Satan's going to fight you until you give in. And Satan promises that which he can never deliver. Satan is whispering, listen, if you get drunk, me and your friends are going to love you. If you use these drugs, you're going to experience a high that, you can, that you'll never come down from. Satan promises you, if you do this, you're going to have power. And your pride is going to take you where you need to be. Satan is always acting like he has some authority. And he'll promise you, listen, if you smoke Marlboro, that you can ride a horse and rope a calf. And Satan promises you that if you smoke Marlboro, you're going to be uh, this good-looking man with bulging muscles and you'll never have a problem looking for a woman. Satan will continue, uh, conveniently uh, forget to tell you about something called lung cancer. And he promises a handsome body, uh, yet all he gives is a frail 90-pound sack of a body with blackened lungs that gasps and begs for oxygen. I was visiting a family member in a hospital bed in West Virginia who was somewhere between 75 and 80 pounds. She had a trichotomy uh, and had to breathe uh, through her neck. The doctor said that she only had a couple days to live, and so I went by at the request of uh, family to go by and see her when I was back home visiting uh, uh, a couple years ago. And I went into her, and, and I was talking to her, and she, she had to talk through that trach, and, and uh, she, she said these words, the doctors won't let me, all I'd like to have is another cigarette. Two days later, she died. Satan tricked her with a lie, and the end was death. Satan will show the beautiful women right next to the liquor. You want to have friends that drink and party. It's imperative that you hold a Bud Light or a Coors in your hand. And the devil says that we can have this outward show of flesh and you can be big and you can be special. And the devil, the devil never shows you the abandoned family with the children crying in the corner. And he never shows you the, uh, the children that wish that dad would come home. And he never shows you the children that that are starving and emaciated because they haven't had food to eat because dad has gambled away the money. We heard this past week of a story of a man. He made $1,000 per week. So he made somewhere a little over $50,000 a year. He was married. His wife had her business and he had his business making $1,000 a week. Every Friday he would go to a casino. And he would lose $1,000. In one year, he lost $50,000 gambling. And you know what? His wife said, enough. And they're going through a divorce. The devil doesn't show you that in. 
In Dallas, Texas, there's a horse racing track, and I was scheduled to, to work there when I was in the trucking business back in the year 1999, and uh, the terminal manager, his name was MD, and he said, listen, we have the afternoon off. He said, I'd like to take you over to the racing track, and I told him I had no interest in going to the watch horse racing, and, and he said, why is that? And I said, well, it's my understanding that, that people uh, go there to gamble, and I said, I work too hard for my money. I'm never going to gamble. And he, he scoffed. He goes, well, maybe there's something to it. He said, we had one of our truck drivers that, that, um, that, that worked here, drives every week. He just finished losing his house because of all of his gambling debts from the racing track. You see, the devil's a liar. And he makes me so angry. And I don't understand why we are so susceptible and gullible to believe his promises that Satan will destroy you. And he'll laugh at you once you've been devastated. Satan wants you to worship this world system rather than Christ. On the other hand, Jesus Christ will deliver. He'll give you a fresh new start every single day. And um, my time's going by so quickly here. God had a purpose in temptation Jesus was tempted to show us that we can, under the Holy Spirit of God, overcome temptation. But just like, uh, just like God has a purpose in temptation, we have to understand who we're, uh, who we're battling against. And that is that Satan also has a plan for temptation. He's stronger than you. He will do everything he can to destroy you. But I'm so happy to report to you that in the passage of Scripture that we read, that Christ has power over temptation. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have power over temptation. How did Jesus get victory? This should be our key. Notice in verse number 4, these three great words. The Bible says in verse number 4, it is written. It is written. And he answered, uh, uh, he answered this, this sinister plot by Satan and he says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God quickly let me just show you this morning that there is power in using God's word there is power in using God's word in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse number 3 and he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou uh, knewest not neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that a man doth not live by bread only but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God doth man live the key to victory over Satan's temptation is God's word thy word have I hid in my heart why that I might not sin against thee and take uh, uh, the helmet of salvation. Take the sword of the Spirit. What is the sword of the Spirit? The Word of God. The devil and his crowd. Let me just tell you something definitively with an exclamation point. The devil and his crowd hate the Word of God. And when the devil sees someone with the Word of God, I promise you, he gets nervous. And when you have a friend uh, that opens a, uh, a Budweiser, open your Bible. The devil will run. May I just tell you that when you're tempted or you see a temptation, may I just tell you that open your word to God. Uh, quote that verse. Pray. Quote scripture. The devil will flee. And I just want to remind you this morning that the Bible says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Let me just tell you what the Bible says. God is 
faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with also make a way to escape. Why is that? That you may be able to bear it. My friend, how come I could quote that verse? I live by that verse. And when I'm tempted, I quote this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. I've memorized it. I've said it a million times in my lifetime or maybe 100,000 times in my lifetime. I quote this verse when I am tempted to sin. Memorize it. So when you are tempted, you're tempted to miss church. You know what the Bible says in Hebrews 10 and verse 25? Forsake not. You're tempted to, thank you for being here, but you may be tempted next Sunday. You know what, I'm a little tired, a little hot, a little humid. Ah, I can just watch on live stream. May I just tell you, the Bible says in his word, Hebrews 10 verse 25, when you're tempted, I don't need to read my Bible. I don't need to study my Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman. When I'm silent to be when, I, when I'm tempted to be silent about Christ because I might be laughed at or somebody may not like me, I remind you of Matthew chapter 28. The Bible says, go and make disciples. When I'm, tr- when I'm tempted to do drugs, I'm tempted to get drunk. I'm tempted to, I'm tempted to smoke. I'm tempted to smoke a joint. I'm tempted to do this or that. May I just remind you that the Bible says that this is a temple and the Holy Ghost of God lives within it. Do you want to have a clean temple or a dirty temple? Do you want to lock the Holy Spirit in some closet while you decide to sin? The Bible says we're to be sober, we're to be vigilant, we're to understand that the Bible wants to devour and to, uh, excuse me, we, we, we must understand that Satan wants to devour and to destroy us and he will do everything in his power to devour and destroy us. And so I say to you, commit to him today. The Bible says that we're to flee youthful lusts. So I'm asking you, are you ready for a fresh new start this week? This is Sunday, this is the first day. May I just encourage uh, every one of us to do what the Lord Jesus Christ did when he was tempted. He had the power to overcome uh, uh, the the temptation because he had the Holy Spirit of God. And may I just tell you, he just says, Hath not God, the devil says, Hath not God said, and the devil twisted, and we're twisted in our mind. And Jesus quotes Scripture. May I just tell you, memorize Scripture. In the area that you're tempted, memorize a verse in that area. And when that temptation comes and you're shaking and you're trembling and you're having to struggle physically with you know, giving in to that temptation or running from that temptation, quote Scripture. The Bible says that was, that's what Jesus did when he was tempted. Every one of us were tempted. So none of us can be pious today. None of us can say, I'm not tempted. Well, yeah, you're tempted to overeat. You're tempted to sleep in when you, uh, you don't have the discipline to get up. You're tempted not to follow through in your commitments. You're tempted to lie. You're tempted to steal. You steal from your employer. You know you're supposed to work an eight-hour day. You work six hours, and you do everything you can to get out of work. That's a sin. You're tempted. Some people work harder getting out of work than they're just doing the job. The fact of the matter is, is that for every one of us, we are uniquely tempted because all of us have what's called a besetting sin, an area of weakness in our life. I just want to challenge all of us today. Memorize Scripture, quote Scripture, just like Jesus did.